Thank you, Matthew, and good morning, everyone. It's good to see the church family together today. There's been kids are back at school, and I guess the students are back at university yet, or still, or soon will be. And we have a guest with us from Perth, West Australia today. Nice to see her. So we're a mixed group, aren't we? And it's great to be together. A short reading this morning from Romans chapter 12, please. Can I read it to you? When I find the place. Romans chapter, and there's up on the screen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I love these short, sharp, concise little phrases because you can't argue with them, will you? can you? They're there, they, you understand them, you know what they mean. And then this particular group of sermonettes, there's a sermonette right at the end and it says, practice hospitality. Two word sermonette for this morning. That's all folks, good morning. <laughs> oh sorry, no, I have a few other notes of prayer. But yes, it's a, a very practical statement and one we can't really argue with. Hospitality, in both, is both action and affection, both receiving and loving. Loving strangers and, and, or, or friends in a broad sense. However, in our Christian community, in an effort to build closer bonds and to grow, which is the aim of uh, the series that we're having now, grow individually and grow numerically, it has been described as the, listen to this description, the Vecro that, that joins us together. Hospitality brings us and holds us together. So it's a very interesting phrase. Practice hospitality. The subject is well known and is valuable and important to both those who practice it and those who are recipients. So this morning I wish to focus on some Bible verses and uh, some examples from the scriptures and also some personal examples of how hospitality is valuable to those who receive it and also important to those who give it. So keep that in mind as we uh, go through this morning. A key principle I'd like to raise is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Abraham was told by God that he would be blessed, and he was. But he was also told that others would be blessed through you, and they were. So that's not a bad principle to start with when we think about hospitality. Look around you. All of us have been blessed to some degree by, from God. And therefore we have an obligation and an opportunity to bless others through hospitality. I will bless you, the Lord said to Abraham, and you will be blessed. In Acts chapter 20 verse 35... There's another statement made, and it's a quotation from, supposedly from Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
I'm not so sure about that because it's really blessed to receive, isn't it? This week, Louise and I have had an interesting few weeks and uh, during this week, my neighbour knocked on the door. I said, what's go he said, what's going on? I see an ambulance outside your house last week and today I see a lady bringing flowers and food to your house. What's going on? Hospitality was noticed because Louise hadn't been well and the care group from this church brought some meals, which was good for Barry and Louise, and also some flowers. So that was hospitality in action. So it's very relevant right uh, this last couple of weeks. So we were blessed because other people had been blessed. Historically, hospitality was used to welcome foreigners from another country. Due to conflicts or disasters or health issues, or whatever. Just a few weeks ago we went to the funeral of a lady in, in um, Kingborough and it was highlighted that she had been uh, very supportive of Sudanese refugees who came to Hobart over the recent years. That's often the case. Refugees are, um, are certainly supported by hospitality. Louise and I have both been brought up in homes that where hospitality was practiced. Me in the country she in the city, and family and friends always were in, in our, coming to our house. Family, friends, neighbours, and overseas missionaries or Christian workers were often uh, there too. And it was very influential in our lives growing up was to meet people from overseas, people who are working in missions in different places over, over, overseas. And that was very influential in our spiritual growth. And then when we came to have our own house, of course, we continued doing that. And as our family grew up, our home was open to other people and we received the benefits of hospitality, of giving hospitality, but other people who came, up to 40 teenagers in our home and on a Saturday night, was, uh, they were experiencing hospitality coming from us. And that was influential in their individual growth and certainly in the growth of that group. And in particular, while we had teenage children, for them to be free to have their friends come into our house was very valuable. And uh, that was a great pleasure for us, but also of great value to our teenagers as they grew up. Today we'll look at some verses, as I've already said, and I'll share some personal experiences. But the first couple of verses are from Titus chapter 1, verse 8, and uh, Timothy chapter... 1 Timothy 3 verse 2 and you'll notice that it's referring to the characteristics required for elders and hospitality or to be hospitable has reference there. I've known a lot of elders in my life and different churches and I don't know anyone that wasn't hospitable. So it's certainly a, a characteristic that's valuable and one that I've always remembered. If it's important for elders to be hospitable, it's important for us as well. Keep that in mind. As you grow up to different stages of life, hospitality, to be able to offer hospitality, is very valuable, not only to you but to other, the recipients of it. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 20, it has a catalogue of characteristics, good characteristics about a noble lady. If you've got a wife, you can relate to this. 
she'll probably fit in very well with, the, with all the descriptions in uh, Proverbs 31. But this particular verse is a most welcoming attitude. She opens her arms to the poor and extends, extends her hands to the needy. Isn't that a picture of a welcoming person? It really is, and that certainly, certainly sums up hospitality. So we've got the men mentioned, we've got the ladies mentioned, what's wrong with us being hospitable because it's of great value. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, it's not on the screen, but it says this, do good, share with others, that is pleasing to God. Do you get the message? Why we should practice hospitality? You're not nodding your head, so I'll keep going. When I was researching this particular uh, subject, I said to Louise one day, can you give me an example of someone from the scriptures who was uh, hospitable? And she said, well, what about Abigail? Abigail, not here. Yes, maybe. I didn't know too much about Abigail, but in 1 Samuel chapter 25, there is quite a long passage about Abigail. And she was described as, listen to this, an intelligent and beautiful woman. Words from the scriptures. Marvellous person she was, Abigail. But she was married to a Nabal. And he, Nabal, is that, yeah, that's it, Nabal. And he was surly and mean. Horrible man he must have been. Anyway, they were described and um, David moved in as a neighbour at one stage and he sent ten of his men to visit Nabal and Abigail. Just say good day. I'm your neighbour. If we can help you, that's fine. But Nabal sent them off. Didn't want to, who's this David? He said, I don't want anything to do with him. And the word got back to David and David was so incensed that he prepared to send 400 of his soldiers to teach Nabal a lesson. But Abigail heard about this, so she sent off some of her servants with heaps of food and heaps of drink and lots of carcasses of meat and so on, and she met the men on the way and she was hospitable to them, so much so that David changed his mind. David changed his mind and his anger receded. Now, I like good stories. Stories that have got a bit of adventure in them and lots of in individuals involved. And if there's a bit of action and if there's a bit of romance in it, that's a bonus. Guess what? Not long after, Nabal died. And David took Abigail as his wife. Isn't that a good story? I like a bit of romance. It's a good story. But she was hospitable. And the key point I want to mention from this is that she used hospitality to divert conflict. And she used hospitality to sort out a problem. It's a great opportunity to do that when you practice hospitality. Acts chapter 28 verse 7, there's another man mentioned. This time it's a man. Equal opportunity, not uh, Abigail, but this time it's Publius. Publius. There was a certain estate. This tells the story of, of uh, Paul and a shipload of people going from Ephesus to Rome 
and they were shipwrecked. And they came ashore, none of them lost their lives, but Publius was a local official and he showed us general, generous hospitality. He's never mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, as far as I can see, but he was a man from Malta, the island of Malta. He was a Maltese, and there's no truth in the rumour that he first made Maltesers. <laughs> but he was a man from Malta, and he was noted for his hospitality. point I wish to make is hospitality was used when the opportunity arose. He hadn't planned weeks, months in advance that he was going to be hospitable to a shipload of, to a load of shipwrecked sailors or passengers, but he used hospitality when the opportunity arose. Let me tell you an, a personal example. 25 years ago, Louise and I were travelling in Europe and Louise became unwell and she ended up in hospital in London. We didn't know a soul in London. Barry spent his time going from uh, the hotel to the, to the um, hospital. But I got a phone call one day from a man who said, you won't know me, but your friends in Australia have notified me of your situation and have asked me to offer any assistance. And I said, well, really, we're quite okay, uh, if you can use that phrase. Louise is in hospital for about 10 days and I was in a hotel and the hotel had assured me that uh, my accommodation was secure for as long as I wanted. And uh, I visited a local church at Westminster Chapel in the city of London and the minister there was very kind and he actually visited Louise in hospital. So I said, we're really okay, but I would love to meet you and, and have a meal with you. And we did that. They gave me their address and I organised a, a, a London cab, a black cab, to their house in a nearby suburb and I met this couple who wanted to be hospitable to me. And they were. She had gone to Syria as a missionary and she married a Syrian businessman. They both were exiled from Syria because of their Christian faith. And here they were living in London and he was conducting a business. And they were friends unknown previously but hospitable to me. It was a tremendous experience and I will never forget it. And I looked through some letters the other day of a letter I wrote to them after we got back to Australia saying how much I appreciated. That was hospitality experienced and one I can happily share with you. But I could go on, and I won't, with lots of other, other times we were shown hospitality by perfect, no, not perfect, by strangers, because uh, that was the, the, the situation we were in. In Luke chapter 10, we've got another example. This time, Martha and Mary. You know the story, how they were friends, and Jesus apparently often... Uh, met with them and called into their, into their house. And they provided him with hospitality. We can assume that because uh, uh, one of the sisters provided, did the work in the kitchen and one sat and listened to what Jesus had to say. T 
two very important parts of hospitality. If you have people in your home, you've got to provide them with basic necessities. But you, there also needs to be the opportunity to, to communicate. And uh, one listened more to Jesus than the other. The two, the lesson to learn, be prepared to provide food, of course, and, and sustenance, but also be willing to communicate and listen and converse with anyone in your home. But then there was another fellow by the name of Zacchaeus. You know the story of Zacchaeus. He, he was up the tree looking to see Jesus. But Jesus said to him, come down. Jesus asked himself to his house. He didn't wait to be invited. And I think with hospitality sometimes there's an opportunity for us too to initiate hospitality by visiting people or inviting ourselves when we know that hospitality will be shown to us. I regularly walk from um, Kingston to Blackman's Bay and uh, there's a couple I walk past and they, I have the understanding that I can call in there any time and have a cuppa, which I do on a regular basis. So sometimes we can not wait to, to um, be invited to call in, but we know that there's, a, there's an invitation all the time. Hospitality can occur by inviting one's own self, I suggest, as Jesus did. And then there's one more in one more reference, and this time it's, um, it's Lydia. In Acts chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, you've got them on the screen there. Lydia was a business lady, a seller of purple from Thyatira. And um, she became, I understand, the first Christian in Asia. I think that's right, something like that. But she became when Paul preached in, her, in the city of Philippi. And she became a Christian, she was baptised, and she invited people into her house. What a perfect way to be an example, show an example of her faith. Recently become a Christian, recently been made known, the scriptures been known, known to her by Paul, and here she was inviting people into her house. What a great example. You can read it all up there. And the lesson we learned from that is that hospitality provided, it provides an opportunity to share faith. I have great memories of Philippi where this all happened. Because with a Christian tour group about 10 years ago, I visited Philippi and we were told the story of Lydia, how that she became a Christian and how that she was baptised. And the next day, one of the group in our, um, in our group of, of tourists said he would like to be baptised there like uh, Lydia was. And sure enough, I'm not sure it was the same creek, but he was baptised as one of, as, uh, in and had the group of us from Australia witness his baptism. So it's, it's a key point in my, in my mind. Now, these are some various examples of um, ordinary people who were hospitable. People who use hospitality to bring about a positive result. Let me just refer to them again.
Abigail, she used hospitality to divert conflict or to sort out a problem. Agreed? Great opportunity. Publius, he used hospitality when the opportunity arose. Martha and Mary used hospitality not only to provide sustenance for Jesus when he called, but to uh, have discussion, raise issues, be prepared to listen. Zacchaeus, the man who had supposedly taken taxes that didn't belong to, to, to him, he hospitality was shown to him because Jesus invited him and we can learn from that as well. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down, I want to come to your house and of course we can only assume lots of what went on as a result of that but it, Zacchaeus became a changed man. Can hospitality change a person? I suggest it probably can because we see, uh, if we see hospitality in action. Publius, we mentioned him, didn't I? He, he used hospitality when opportunity arose. And, and uh, Lydia w w used hospitality, I suggest, as a witness, as a Christian witness to her, to her f f newfound faith. And that's an opportunity for us. What about us? These various examples, ordinary people, and uh, some people say that when I speak I'm relational. Now, I like to be relational. I like to relate to personal things that, that happened in my own life, but also I like to relate people who are positive uh, examples of what I'm talking about from the scriptures. And all of these uh, are just that. What about us? Can we see value in practicing hospitality? Does it have a, have a potential for us to grow spiritually and help to grow others in their spiritual development? I suggest it does. Will we will be showing loving care to others and serving the Lord as our opening for scripture suggests? We read those verses in Romans chapter, chapter 12 and first of all it says, let our love be sincere. What more sincere way can we show love than but, but by being hospitable to those around us? Those we know those who are friends, those suggest we don't have enemies in this community, do we? But those who we don't get on so well with, it's an ideal way to, to uh, re-establish relationships. Hospitality and fellowship are closely linked. You'll notice that uh, in the, the verse in, in Hebrews 2, ver Acts 2, verse 42, the new, new church... That the disciples met together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. But the, their hospitality to each other developed the fellowship that they enjoyed. Or is it the other way around? The fellowship they enjoyed was shown by hospitality to each other. So it's a very close link, and I'm not going to continue with the subject of fellowship this morning, I feel that hospitality is enough to get our, our, our mind around. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to prayer and other things. People were so much in common 
enjoying each other's company generally develop fellowship. And it's often as a result of hospitality. So, what do we start with our two-word sermonette? Practice hospitality. Do you get the message? That's all, folks. <laughs>